Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. God be with you. How are you doing? We're good. Thank you for having me here. My name is Nick. I used to be the minister at Red Deer Lake United Church up until five weeks ago. Yeah, so I'm in like this whole new phase of my life where Sunday mornings are like, hey, oh, like what's, this is what people do on Sundays. There's this thing called brunch. It's amazing. You should check it out. But I've, I've realized as I sat there, uh, I've missed this. I've missed being in a place of community. I've missed being in a place where you can feel the spirit at work. I miss the warmth and the presence that churches bring. So it, it really is a joy um, to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me here. It's, it is really good to be here. I have to go pee really badly, so I'm just going to not let that affect me. <laughs> I had too much coffee. I was thinking it. I had to name it. But it is good to be here. Um, and because I was out of the game for so long, when, when Andrea emailed me asking me if I would do this, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. We'll do it in March, like when I have time to think about it. And then I realized as I got ready to do this that it's, it's Lent. You don't care. It's all right. It's okay. For me, it was a big deal because Lent was always such a big deal for, for ministers and, and I kind of bypassed the whole planning part, and then I got to write this sermon for you today, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Lent. And that got me to thinking about how I used to view these seasons, these things we call Lent or Advent, Epiphany, Ordinary Time, or Pentecost. And up until maybe five, five years ago, I used to pishpot the seasons, I used to kind of put my nose up at them, be like, they're just seasons. Like, what's the big deal? Like, they're just things that kind of mark the time that get people to come back to church because, like, it's Advent, Christmas is coming, or it's Lent, Easter is coming, and it would kind of draw you back in or give us something to talk about. And to me, for the longest time, they always felt a bit stuffy. They always felt a bit meaningless, and I never really understood why we have them. The church calendar didn't make much sense to me. But then, I don't know what it was. Something clicked. Something shifted and made me realize why we actually do have these seasons. And it really changed everything for me. Because we have these seasons here in the world of church. We have these things like Advent and Lent and Pentecost and Easter. Not just because we need something to do. We have these things because they teach us how to be human. These seasons that we have, each one is meant to teach us certain postures, certain dispositions, certain practices, certain bits of wisdom that help us become truly human and alive in the world. They help us connect to a life with God, with each other, with ourselves. They help us find this life that hums with reverence. And if you look at Advent, we learn what it means to hope. And if you look at Epiphany, we learn what it means to be curious and what it means to be open to what the universe is doing in our lives. 
You look to Christmas and we get this brand new way to understand our reality. And each one kind of deepens the sense of, oh, this, this is what it means to be human. This is how I navigate my life. This is how it all works. This is how I tap into this life that Jesus called eternal. This life that hums with forever. This life full of hope, joy, peace, and love. And we do them because it draws us into this more fundamental, foundational way of understanding this. This is how we do life together. This is how we find fulfillment. And that's really beautiful. I, I wanted to start with that because it reminds us of something that, that I know I forget all the time. And I think something that a lot of us forget all the time. Probably because we don't like talking about it, but probably also because it's just so familiar it's so ingrained into us that we just don't even think about it. But these seasons remind us of, of what all of this is really all about, of what all of Jesus is really all about, about what our faith is really truly all about. Because it's not about escaping all of this, but rather it's about going into it. The faith and spirituality that we're here practicing today isn't about life after death. It's about life before death. And what Jesus is all about, what we see him doing again and again and again, is not teaching us how to get out of it, but actually enter into it a bit more deeply, a bit more intentionally, a bit more purposefully, and finding there, in the thick of it all, in the mess of it all, in the humanity of it all, exactly the kind of life that we're all here looking to create. Are you with me? Because if you ask me, that's a faith worth having. That's something worth coming to this on Sundays for. That's worth skipping brunch for. Because this is how we do life together. This is how we actually make something worth living. And each season can draw us a bit more deeply into that. And when it comes to the season that we're in right now, this thing that we call Lent, one of the things that we always talk about in our tradition is this thing that we call wilderness. And you've been here how many weeks is it now? Four, four weeks, three weeks, something like that, exploring what wilderness is. And if you've been doing church long enough, you know this is what we do during Lent. We talk about lament and we talk about wilderness. And there are all kinds of great, beautiful, amazing ways to define wilderness. And I'm sure you've explored a lot of good ones so far. But the one that I've been sitting with lately, and mainly because I've been sitting in it lately, is that when we talk about wilderness, we're talking about that space in between who we are and who we could be. We're talking about that space between what is and what could be. That's what we talk about when we talk about wilderness. We're talking about those times and those moments in our lives of searching and yearning, of reckoning and rumbling, of change and transitions, those times of upheaval, of unrest, of unknowing, of uncertainty. We're talking about those times, maybe within us, maybe around us, 
maybe in ourselves or in our relationships, in our faith, in our work, in our world, we're talking about those times when we enter into something that's new, that's untamed, that's wild, something that's sticky and messy and we kind of have to find our way through. And we're left with three choices. We can run away, we can ignore it all, or, or we can step in, knowing and trusting the wisdom of our tradition, that that thing we're looking for, that life we're looking for, that relationship we're looking for, that world we're looking for, it's only found when we go through the wilderness. It's not found by ignoring it all. It's not found by bypassing it all. It's only found when we go through it. It's only found when we say yes to that wilderness experience. We can only get it when we actually get through to the other side. And I'm wondering if any of us know the kind of wilderness that we're talking about today. Anyone here know the wilderness? Anyone know that experience? Yeah, we all have. Whether you call it that or not is not the question. Because wilderness is something we know more than we know. It's something we feel more than we really talk about, right? We know the chaos. We know the searching. We know the wandering. We know the rumbling. We know the journey that we have to make from here to here. Yeah, and that's the wilderness. That's the journey from here to here. And we explore that in Lent not only because that's a normal part of life, we also explore because it's an essential part of life. This is a necessary part of life. It's how we grow. It's how we become. It's how we get to where we want to be. It's how we get to who we want to be. It's how we enter into something bigger, deeper, wider. It's how we get to that life that God meant us to have. And so it's really not surprising that the Bible is full of stories about wilderness. And you just heard one today that Anne read. Anyone hear that one before? It's a pretty familiar one. Yeah, and, and it should be a familiar one because Jesus raises someone from the dead. And you're allowed to be honest here. Who finds it a bit ridiculous? Right? It's okay. You can name it. You're not going to get struck by lightning inside a church. You're allowed to kind of question these stories because it is ridiculous. I mean, really? Really? Jesus, you, you, you come out and he comes out. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's even good to doubt this, to be a bit skeptical of that. I, I am right there with you. And I'll offer something that one of my teachers gave me about the ridiculous stories that we hear something that it can help us hold it um, and still hear the wisdom that it has to offer. We don't read these stories because they happened. We read them because they happen. These stories are our stories. And so when we approach these stories that were like, really? The sea just kind of parted in two? Really, God? That's what happened? Really? Sure, it's fun to nerd out on that stuff. But that's the wrong question to ask. The question isn't, did it happen? 
the question is, what does it mean? What is this saying to me today? What does this have to say about, about God, about life, about me, about how I live and move and have my being? What does it say? What does it mean to me here right now today? That's the question we're meant to ask with each one of these stories. And when it comes to the story that we heard today, there are all kinds of ways of looking at it. There are all kinds of things we could play with. But if you ask me, what this story about Lazarus does is help us talk about one of the most common, most difficult, and most ignored forms of wildernesses that any of us will experience. And that's the wilderness of death. And not literal death. When you look at what Jesus has to say about literal death, he doesn't seem to talk too much about it. Because again, he's not concerned with life after death. He's concerned with life before death. And what I think this story can do is draw us into this wilderness of all the other deaths that we experience as humans. We're talking about the deaths of relationships. The death of expectations, of job, of mindsets, of worldviews, of paradigms, of health, of ability, of independence, of ideologies, of faith, of safety, of senses of home, of those boxes that we live in. What this story can do is help us talk about all the deaths that we experience throughout our lives. Because we know those kinds of deaths, right? We've been through these. If you've lived long enough, if you've lived intentionally enough, you're going to come up across a death or two. And I think this story can help us talk about those kinds of deaths. And maybe you're here today and maybe you're in one. Maybe you've been exposed to a question that's kind of undone everything and you're just left with shambles. You're like, what do I do? Nothing makes sense anymore. This one question undid everything, and I'm feeling lost. Yeah, that's a death. Or maybe a relationship has ended in your life, and you just feel so untethered, and you feel ungrounded, and you don't know who you are anymore. You don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, that's a death. Or maybe you've seen something on the news, or maybe you've heard about something that has completely changed your view of the world, and you just don't know how to process information anymore. Yeah, that's a death. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're where I am, and maybe you've experienced one of the biggest deaths that we can experience as humans, which usually comes with the biggest wilderness that we can experience as humans. And that's the death of ourselves. A little over a year ago, um, I blew up my life. I poured some gasoline on it, I kicked it a bunch of times, and I threw a match on it, and then because that wasn't good enough, I did it all over again, and then I did it all over again, and then just to make sure I blew everything up satisfactorily, I lit it on fire again. And I won't get into it all here. I'm not ready to get into it all with you, let alone get into it with myself. But here's what happened. Here's what I will share with you. 
through my actions, through what I did, through blowing it up again and again and again and again, what I got to see is that who I thought I was wasn't actually who I am. I wasn't who I said I was. I wasn't who I pretended I was. I wasn't who I claimed I was. Through all of that, I got the chance to look in the mirror and get a pretty clear sense of like, oh, this is who you are. I see you now. I see what's going on. Oh, I see you. And I did not like what I saw. I was pretty grossed out by it. I was pretty repulsed by it. And I couldn't unsee it anymore. I couldn't explain it away. I couldn't kind of hide it under the carpet and just ignore it. And on some level of my being, deep down in my soul, I knew I had a choice to make. Do I accept this is just, this is who I am? And this is how I'm always going to be, and this is just how it is? Or do I choose to change? Which means, do I choose to die? Do I let die all the narratives, the mindsets, the values, the patterns, the behaviors, the wounds, the limiting beliefs, the false beliefs? Do I let all of those die so I can experience something new? Because to change, to become someone different, I had to experience a death. I had to do what Paul writes in the Bible. He calls it dying to self. I had to go from here and move over to here. I had to go into a wilderness. Which is freaking hard. It's really hard because maybe you've experienced this. I had no idea where over here it was. I couldn't see the end. I couldn't see the horizon. There was no map. There was no blueprint. Which is why I think change is so hard for us, right? Because when we enter into it, we kind of want to see the destination. We want to see it on the horizon. We're like, oh, okay. I know where I'm going. But when we actually truly enter into it, we're just like, oh, it's just, just black. It's just dark. I'm moving through jello. And I have no idea how to get there because I have no idea where there is. Yeah, that's why death, that's why change, that's why transformation is so hard because we go into it not knowing that we're actually entering into an in-between. It just feels like we're done. And the truth is, I'm still somewhere in this process here. I don't know where the end is. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm kind of entering into it. And what I want to do is tell you all the answers to get to here. Old me wants to do that. Old me wants to be like, oh, well, if you just do this, 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 and this, your life is solved. This is how you navigate the wilderness. But I don't know. And so what I'd like to do knowing that we all experience wilderness, knowing that this is a shared human experience that we all go through at different stages in our lives, what I'd like to do is share a few tips that I've learned along the way. Is that all right with you? I'll share a few things that I've picked up 
that I've experienced from this dying to self, that I've learned as I end one version of myself and learn what the next one is. Can I share that with you? Oh, you talk back here. I like that. <laughs> I like it. So a few things to offer you as we wind up. The first thing I've learned, don't stop moving. When you go through change, when you're in this process of reinventing yourself, of growing, of evolving, do not stop moving. Because here's what will happen. And you can just raise your hand if this has happened to you too, because that will make me feel like I'm on the right track. These deaths that we experience, what they really are is a thousand deaths wrapped up in one. And so you will feel like this one part of you has died and a new part has resurrected, and you'll be like, yes, I have accomplished everything. I have made it. But then you quickly realize, like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. And so what you need to do is celebrate that victory, celebrate that growth, but don't stop. Celebrate, take a breath, Take a breather, but then keep on going. Because the truth is, and you guys will know this, there's no destination when it comes to being human. There's no end game. There's no arrival. It's just a non-stop process of becoming more and more and more the kinds of people that God made us to be. And so you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. And so with every little victory that you get, celebrate, rest, and then keep on going and continue that journey of becoming more and more and more you. And the second thing that I've learned, probably the best thing you can have, the best skill set you can develop, and I'm saying this as someone who has not yet developed this, we need humility. We need humility in order to become human. Yeah, right? You know what I'm talking about. And humility is this beautiful thing. It just means dirt. It means being earthy. And that's beautiful. This is one of the most gorgeous things you can ever learn. Because to be humble is to realize you're just dirt. You're just earth. Why do you have these huge expectations above yourself? Why are you expecting yourself to be perfect? You're just dirt. You're just dirt. So lower that bar. But here's the encouraging part. What does our faith tell us about dirt and God? God does her best work with dirt. When God made you, God took some dirt, breathed into it, and made you. You may be dirt, but God does her best work with dirt. So you have so much potential. So cut yourself some slack, but know that you are made for good, beautiful, and amazing things. And humility is that beautiful balancing act of holding those things together, of recognizing, I'm just human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up. But beautiful things are in store. And three, maybe most importantly, as you enter into that work, as you enter into your wilderness, trust in resurrection. 
trust in resurrection. And again, we might go back to that, well, resurrection, like really, God, really? really? That, might, that narrative might go off. But here's all that means. Every ending is a new beginning. The worst thing isn't the last thing. It is too early to give up because a resurrection happens. That version of you is meant to die. You're meant to transcend it. You're meant to become something more, and we do that through resurrection. We do that through trust in that every ending is a new beginning, that it's too early to call it quits, that death happens, but so does resurrection. So trust in that. Trust that you can rise up above those past selves. Trust that that doesn't need to be the way you are. And a really handy way of talking about this that I think we should normalize as people is, and I learned this on a podcast I was listening to the other week. One way we can do this is talking about past versions of ourselves. And I'm trying to do this with myself of like, oh yeah, that's something that like four nicks ago would do. And what that does is beautiful because it not only reminds us that resurrection happens, that I've experienced it four times, so I can experience it four more times. But it creates a bit of, of distance between who we are and who we were. And I need that right now in my journey. I need to see the growth that I've made. But that also lets us tell people that, hey, I'm changing, I'm growing. That was something Nick would do like eight times ago. And that's not who I am anymore. I'll own it. So I'm not going to feel any shame over it. Yeah, I did that. That was terrible. That was laughable. That was ridiculous. That was him. But this is me now. And some space gets created, and we feel a bit lighter, and we're able to keep on going in the right direction, not so much tied down by those things that we regret and are ashamed over. So trust in resurrection, and trust that there will be more resurrections, and that you can get your way through it. Because here's the thing, our faith promises again and again and again. You will become the people that you want to become. You can do it. All you have to do is trust. All you have to do is allow it to happen and trust that that God who takes dirt and breathes life into it will do amazing things in you and through you. You just have to say yes. But the rub is, you have to go from here to here. You have to enter into that wilderness. And so as we enter into our final song, uh, let this song be an anthem of sorts. Let this one get stuck in your brains. Because this one reminds us that I can go out with hope. I can go out that I can overcome these things. I don't need to be this person anymore. I can change. I can die to self. And as that wilderness approaches you, it's scary. It's intimidating. You're going to want to run away. You're not going to want to do it. But may you have the courage to say yes. May you take that breath. May you lean into it knowing that by going through it, you will rise above it and you will keep becoming the you that you want to be.
And to that we say, Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.